There's infinite realities in this very moment that we can live or that we are living. The moment you start grasping that concept, um, life becomes so much easier. Welcome to the New Age Sage Podcast, where you come to free your mind from all the things that keep you in suffering. Today's guest is Dr. Lana Bach-Moreau. She is a brilliant neuroscientist focused on healing the human mind. We get into all things, the nature of consciousness. It's fascinating. Please like and subscribe. Thank you. Lana, welcome on the show. So we have a mutual friend in Stephanos, and he told me to talk about all things consciousness. So where I wanted to start is, what is your perception of consciousness? What is it actually? What are we dealing with here? So to address consciousness up front, um, you know, people were searching for consciousness, trying to find it within our brain and within our um, localization-wise, you know, trying to identify consciousness within specific areas. Consciousness is not localized. We, um, we attinge to the higher spheres, so the divinity field, divinity consciousness. And I don't think even that it is in a quantum field. I think it's really in in ether. And it's what, in you know, Vedic meditation, Vedic knowledge, people are referring to as um, the field of um, universal consciousness that is superseding the divine consciousness. And it is, it is, we can easily, for our brain's sakes, our comprehension's sakes, we can refer to it as the field. But I don't think it's even the field. I think it's really a everything there is. Mm-hmm. And our consciousness precedes our material world, our 3D world. So we're we're living in in uh, in this ether of everything is everything being. Um, and to what level of vibrational frequency we attach to, therefore we, we kind of have access to the higher consciousness. Does that make sense? I hear you. How can we start getting there? Like how can the average person or, or me or anyone who's listening start tapping into that field? I mean, we're, we're already there. I think we're all there. But how can yeah. we start listening? How can we tune ourselves to start really experiencing that beautiful here and now and to get all the wisdom that's available for us in the, in the ether? Yeah. Um, very, very deep question. You don't miss words. <laughs> um, so somebody said that prayer is basically you asking God, you're talking to God or the source, and um, sitting in meditation in quiet time is actually listening to the source speaking to us. Mm -hmm. So I feel that consciousness rising is due to the fact that we're able to sit and receive meaningfully, purposefully receive what is given to us to us after our ask. Mm-hmm. So sitting quietly and respectfully, you know, and feeling, not even understanding, but feeling 
what comes at us from the divine field, divine consciousness, where we actually feel um, unity with with not only divine consciousness but also universal mm-hmm. consciousness. Once we do that, we are more primed to to elevate our frequencies. Yeah. One thing you touched upon there is the concept that... Say it again. One thing we touched upon there is that we're all one, that there's this concept that everything it comes from the same place. We live in an era right now, unfortunately, which is more divided than ever. You know, if I think of an angel coming down to earth, mm. looking around, they'd be so hurt because they think yeah. in their mind, we're all one. What's going on here? So what actually is happening right now, do you think, on a maybe consciousness level or human level... Why are we so afraid or away from experiencing life as oneness in this dimension? Why in this time are we so fractured in our collective identity? Why are we so split apart? Why can't we feel that oneness right now in society? Or you and I can, but why can't most people feel that really? We feel so divided. Why is that? What's going on in the... I think it goes to the history of... So this is a complex question because it presumes um, the dissection of the notions of time and space. Mm -hmm. And personally, I believe that once we're part of ether, that we don't attinge even to the field of the quantum, but we bypass that, you know, quantistic uh, um, kind of Einstein idea of time and space. I think at this point, many of us have experienced the fact that time and space don't exist. So I think we're talking about ether um where there is you know a bypassing of 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 uh, the time and space where we're all one and if we are all one we can then as we feel it and i don't presume that i'm you know enlightened or anything like yeah. that it's just like i think this is more or less what has been given to me right now these days in reality of um consciousness that uh, there is no separation so for I don't. I mean, I think everybody is a light, you know. So yep. there is no like hierarchy here. Yep. But we are, we are actually um, inviting people to, to to gain awareness of the fact that historically, in whatever timeline, space, or in no time has been, and I think it it has to do with the fact that that we are all living in infinite realities right now. Mm-hmm. It's just that how much are we aware of being in infinite realities right now? So if we are in infinite realities all the time, those people who wake up to that fact, they'll wake up to that the moment they sit in quietness, sit in the, in the forest, sit in the ocean more, and the nature will teach them in that moment of quietness that something, the bubble of perception can burst and, you know, in Huxleyan terms, yeah. like what, what Aldous Huxley was talking about, our, our perception will open. And once the perception opens, there is no veil anymore. So therefore, we can experience the unity unity consciousness of, of everybody being um, in that level. But I think because, to go back to your question, because we have been um, indoctrinated or, or our, our blocks were put on us, mm-hmm. and I don't presume to know why and how, you know, but I know that some knowledge was given to me, even recently in Egypt. Um, there, there are some elements that we're now learning 
and, and facts that we're learning that we have been blocked from being one with, with co-creators with God, whatever that means, co-created with the source. Mm -hmm. So if we're co-creating with the source, then um, what prevented us from co-creating with the source? Uh, people say that was that was that ha that happened a long time ago, and again, or it happened in one of those parallel realities. If if we believe that ether is here, everything there is, so they were not creating in timeline, but we're creating in the now, in the dot, in the you know almost like uh, the source point, the code source. Mm -hmm. So I want to touch upon the concept of infinite realities. Again? I want to touch upon the concept of infinite realities. Mm. You said, how does that work exactly? How are we, how does that work? What's a timeline look like? How are we all, how are we all mm. in these different timelines and how does that show up for us in reality? How can we make so maybe sense of that? So maybe in realities, we don't have the timeline. Okay. You know, this idea of timeline we abolish and uh, it may be hard to grasp for many people, but I think that if we... Let me just think how to dissect that. If we have a, it's like what, what the Beatles song says, you know, it's here, there, and everywhere. It's it's in the moment you're, you're in the now. What does it mean to be in the now? It means to be that, that, that you are one with the source because at that moment there is nothing and everything and you are just being. So if you are here, um, the awareness that at the same time you can be uh, millennia before and millennia in the future and you can be, um, I don't know, another being, a butterfly in another realm or you can be yourself, a powerful being right here that you are or you can be um, one with God at the same time in some other space. Now this sounds very discombobulated but de facto it's not. Because if you just understand that you're here and that there is there is infinite potential, and not just potential, there is infinite realities in this very moment that we can live or that we are living. The moment you start grasping that concept, um, life becomes so much easier because you can actually grasp the concept that you can um, you can materialize, like you pull from the source code down to this reality or to another reality, anything you want. It gives you an infinite amount of power. And I think that that part has been abolished or prevented, that we have been prevented from using that power. Walk me through that. How can someone do what you just said? How can they be in the here and now and, rece and, and receive whatever they have to know in this space? How can they, how can they ask for wisdom on another timeline? How can they make use of what you just said? We just did that exercise with a bunch of my friends the mm -hmm. other day. And this is what I teach, actually, when I okay. go to Hermetic Journeys to Europe, to, yeah. to Egypt. Mm -hmm. And there are also some in Italy that I lead. But, um, you know, or with my system. that My system bypasses a lot of things and gets you, gets you to really get in the frequency of that, the frequency yeah. of source. Um, so one easy way of doing it is just simply to put yourself in a state of, you know, with elevated spine, you put yourself in, in a state of quietness, quieted, and you simply, um, you can use the breath, you can use the centered being, uh, some people use Tai Chi, some people use extreme sports, 
some people go into hot sauna and then cold plunge. Yeah. And it, it jolts you into not thinking about anything else but being in the water that is very, very cold. And the only thing you can do is breathe, breathe through it. You know, Wim Hof method or other methods, you can just simply breathe through it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the quickest way of um, identifying your own center. And in that moment, almost like in the film, you know how the film track has, or not digital film, but all films, they have color in between this, the space of the photo. You know, 24 sequences of the photos. You have a photo and a space and photo and a space, photo and a space. So you jump into those in-between spaces. Or in music, you know, he was wearing a Jimi Hendrix, one of my favorite rock stars. Um, in in between, you know, his music is based on recognizing the pauses. Mm -hmm. Ravi Shankar, you know, when and he uses his sitar in a way. It's a lot of a lot happens in the pause, in the unspoken moment, and that's the moment of connection to the divine source. So you're saying to summarize that you're saying that in the space between stimulation, and we're just in the here and now, away from the stories of the past, experiencing reality as it is. In that space between everything, that's when we get the answers. Yeah. And to cultivate moments like that in your life, whether yeah. it be meditation or ice bath. And I want to get into what's actually happening in the brain. Like what's going on in the brain when we're blocked? Let's say we're, we just can't, we're not in a, in a frequency or a space to receive stuff. You know, I've been in points in my life where I know my brain wasn't working at all. It was certain receptors was not working and I wasn't able to receive anything so in your expertise i know it's a general question but what's going on with the brain when it can't actually access those things very good question so i would respectfully um invite you to think that when you felt that your brain was not functioning it's maybe your brain was the three-dimensional brain the biological brain the electrophysiological brain was probably in overdrive yeah so it was not that it was not functioning. Maybe it was hyper-functioning. Yeah. But um, just like ADHD, you know, we, we are quick to put these labels on For people. Sure. Yeah. Um, I refrain from doing so. Even when I was doing testing and evaluations in Manhattan, I would reluctantly put the diagnosis on people. Slapping people with a label, we're lights, we're angels. We, we're incredibly powerful people. Humans. Mm -hmm. Humans are... are, are just unique and our our imprint and i don't even like to refer to dna because i think dna is a mental construct i think we're so much beyond the dna we're if we're ethereal beings we're more of crystalline angelic beings and right now we're actually all converting carbon to crystalline uh, aided by the trajectory through the through the crystalline belt that we're going through photovoltaic belt um we're actually traveling our our galaxy is traveling through the photon belt right now. So we're converting everything we have. We're converting from, um, you know, Newtonian physics into this other realms of physics. And uh, it's, it's beyond quantum. And um, so when we're going through these um, processes of, of understanding where we're leading, your question um, requires um, double double um, parallel explanations. So I'm inviting you and, and the viewers, your audience, to actually think about, on one level, we're, we're palpating everything. And this is part where we have been 
heavily indoctrinated um, and stifled because our wings were crippled here and our metaphorical wings, our, our capacity to be in photovoltaic energy and photovoltaic sphere where we're actually one with the source where we can attach to the multiple realities, where our realities are malleable because our consciousness creates the reality. And that's part of the teaching that I received from Pleiadians where they were showing me how, you know, a lot of these spaceships are, they're, they're governed by our consciousness. And um, we are consciousness. And this consciousness is not, it just, we pull it back from our consciousness and we're then bridging it down to this three-dimensional Newtonian physics. But all this is construct in our, our mind. So at three-dimensional level, we envision this brain as electrophysiological, if you're measuring it with, with evoked potential, so brain mapping, even quantum EEG, um, photovoltaic area, if you're measuring it with, with um, uh, fMRIs or, or, uh, or CAT scans, which is more, I think, more authentic to some levels. And then some other things, if you're measuring it in, in photon and ethereal qualities, which is, I think, more, more appropriate at this point of our development, of our evolution as, as human deities, if you want. Mm -hmm. um, and so on one level, we have this um, brain activity that, so some scholars identify, you know, insula as the source of, you know, a potentiality of ele elevation of our consciousness, where it's more empathic. You know, if you're more empathic with other people, your insula, some area of the brain, will, will elevate in its own um, blood flow or in own activation. Um, the vortex between the pituitary and pineal gland is juxtaposition of male, pineal being the male, proverbial male uh, or male energy and um, uh, <clears throat> pituitary gland being the female. I think these are all relays and you can imagine brain as being a relay station that is then amplifying and allowing us to go into some other levels of communication with other higher spheres. Um, on that level is basically based, that knowledge is based a lot on, on Newtonian physics. Um, but if you want to bypass this and go into some other levels, then you're talking about uh, photovoltaic energy, these photons that surround us. And so we are perceiving ourselves as the light being. So those people who have vision of angels or sparkles in the sky, it's more of a crystalline energy. So at that level, we're talking about uh, being one with the source and being more interdimensional and being almost like a one spark. And if you're one spark, um, at that moment, everything is happening at once. If you're in this Newtonian physics, then things oftentimes have to be sequential, and then you go in between the space and time. Mm. Does that make sense? I'm borderline stupid when it comes to... You're borderline what? Borderline dumb when it comes to all the science stuff. So my brain's a little trying to figure it out, but you're explaining it well enough where I'm, 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 I'm following along. I don't along. think you are. I think that... Um, and words are so powerful. I'm smart other ways. The science stuff is new, you're, new you're to this You're brilliant game. and you're such a light. So, um, yeah, I hope that I'm explaining it. Yeah, you, you, are, you are perfectly. Where, where my, my brain goes to is that where maybe people listening or even the human in me 
has confusion is that if we're all these lights, if we're all these angels, why is there so much evil and darkness in this in this realm? What's his purpose? Why why are these these dark moments, these horrible things in this planet happening? What's your take on that? Why why are these things occurring right now since we're all angels and light beings? Um, I would like to preface it that I don't take myself as, as somebody who really knows all of this. Okay. You know, modestly, I'm just <laughs> trying to navigate yeah. and survive yeah, all yeah, of this, of as we all are. Yeah. Um, uh, um, we're we're entering, entering the golden age, the age of, of light and love and mm. the age of Aquarius. And without being too new agey about it. Be new agey. This is this is the new the, the yeah. new age sage show. You gotta go yes. as new age as possible. Go for it. <laughs> but um you know our consciousness is elevating and this was prophesized in Hopi prophecy, in Vedic knowledge, in um in many, many ancient scriptures and also in advanced um physics right now where, you know, what was it, two or three years ago, Cambridge astrophysicist um, found out that, that the universe is conscious. So if the universe is conscious, everything is conscious, all around is consciousness. So we're one with this universal consciousness, and we're going through this level, levels now where we're elevating ourselves as, as uh, humanity. Some people say that, that we have been put almost in, in this compression zone for millennia where we were not allowed to expand and um, therefore we were almost like imprisoned by the evil or the negative forces um, and on the other hand we all understand that we're one with everybody's evil and non-evil we're all one so the moment mm -hmm. we, we forgive everything and all the negative, the faster we do that, yep. the faster we'll elevate to the level where we can actually go to the next level. So, you know, this contrast, if, if you if you go into the darkness and if you light up a candle, the candle lights up the darkness. So uh, without the candle, the darkness would not exist or the consciousness of the darkness would not exist. Um, John Cage used to, a composer, um, my, my daughter's godfather, he, he would, he was a philosopher as well, and he wrote a book on, on the sound of the silence and uh, how does a clap of one hand sound? Or if there is nobody to witness a clap of two hands, uh, does it exist? You know, these are philosophical questions, but um, I think physicists try to, to, quantum physicists try to understand that the ancient sages don't try to understand it, yeah. they're just being. Yeah. And, um, you know, musicians or um, meditators just feel it. And it's just, you know, frequencies is all there is. So we're, we're experiencing that right now. And why is that evil there? Is it a necessity for us to really actually overcome it yeah. and get finally fed up with all of that and realize that we're so powerful that we can overcome all of that? Or that we actually, that all of this is a, just a mask, a Maya illusion, and we can just overcome this very quickly? Yeah. Um, you know, when you're on a journey, um, a plant journey or any kind of journeys, um, you just go beyond all of this. 
and then everything is irrelevant and everything is relevant at the same time. Yeah, what one point you said there is so powerful is that you know we the key in escaping this is the energy of forgiveness. That's why I think it's so important for people to do something called shadow work where, you know, in my process of for so long I judged and hated the sides of me that were ugly, that were rooted in pain, that were traumatized. And the more I saw them with love and really accepted them and, and loved them, the more I could then do that for others. I could see that part of me in someone else who was struggling or violent or aggressive or in pain. I could see me in them and then just send love. And just that, that feeling sense creates this change. That the way we can change the world in my eyes is through alchemizing our own dark energy, right? And, and, and feeling our own darkness, loving it. And then that'll, that'll transcend um, outwards, which is so incredibly powerful. And I'm glad you said that for sure. What are, what are things you think we should be doing right now as human beings in this age of Aquarius, in this light age, in this love age? What are things you are focusing on right now to carry through that energy? And what do you recommend to other people who are in this space? What can we be doing as human beings to honor this process and give room for the new age of love? What you did. I mean, what you did is beautiful. <clears throat> you know, gain your consciousness and um, whatever your process was, it's hats off. It's feel it, You're just emanating so much love. It's so beautiful to see. Oh, it's too. beautiful Thank to you. be in your presence um, with such tenderness and, and suggests. Um, I think embracing and trying to love ourselves the most we can is the first step. And um, maybe an easier way of getting to that is adhering to discipline, mm -hmm. um, getting up at certain time of the day and being grateful even for a silly thing like a pillow underneath our face you know or the fact that we have a home or in you know or if you're sleeping in a tent in the wilderness that you have you know nature that is supporting you that you have a power of your breath and then focusing on this gratitude and then breath and um you know small prayer just uh, awareness to elevate you know your, your happiness and um you can uh, engage in a small practice of breathing. You can engage in, in getting into a, a warm shower and then a cold shower, or if you have the luxury of the sauna, and then jumping into the cold plunge, um, doing some, you know, short yoga movements or even exercise. Um, this idea of, of bringing the consciousness down into the body and doing something with your body, honoring this three-dimensionality that we are given as, as the planet Earth is, is a beautiful space that we ne need to help elevate now. I mean, we're all and then realizing that actually you are the factor, you are the agent, you're the Jedi, and you can actually elevate by gaining your consciousness. You're not insignificant. It's so important to gain that consciousness that we need to, as a group, to reach this critical mass where we will elevate the whole humanity. And only by doing our own inner work and our consciousness elevation, engaging in our consciousness elevation will we actually elevate the, help the planet Earth. One night I was out, <clears throat> it was in New York City in the middle of the, you know, 
busy street on Broadway, I look up and there is this grid, the the copper grid. It's one of the three grids that that Gaia has around it, and it presented itself to me like literally there. I was just, you know, after dinner walking on the street, not high on anything, just looking up and seeing this grid and seeing these intersections of the grid and their little noduli, they're sentient. And they told me uh, that, you know, we're, we're collaborating. You give us the energy, we give you the sentience. It's this pulsation of the mother grid, mother Gaia's grid. And I think we, we just to understand that we have, or to accept that we have actually that power of union with, with consciousness of the Mother Gaia, the consciousness of the different cosmic spheres, the consciousness of the universe, that's our power. And right now, every single one of us is important. We're all the Jedis. We have to get together, elevate this consciousness, accept this union, and step into elevation of the consciousness of the world. So for people right now, to look back at myself, when I just had my awakening, when I just realized, like, as you said, I'm so much more than this tiny little yeah. brain and ego. There's so much more to this. Yeah. But in that, it was so scary because I realized that every thought I had all the time had nothing to do with whatever this is. It was just a pure egoistic illusion for people in that spot or anyone who's in that space where they're just discovering their power and they're seeing all these, you know, strange, weird, angry thoughts what can they be doing in these moments, in that beginning stage where they're so overwhelmed by all like yeah. all this stuff? Because that's a tough place to be. How would you talk to someone in that space? How can they start transcending higher in those moments? To disrupt these thoughts. Yeah. Um, very. You're asking all these very pertinent questions, and thank you for that. Thank you for um, answering them. I feel so we're on such great togetherness wavelengths, which is really nice. Appreciate it deeply. Same here. Um, so how I snap some of my clients or my patients out of this is in a very jumping into very pedestrian ways, uh, like maybe jump down and you know drop on the floor and do twenty push-ups, jumping jacks, uh, put on your happiest song and start dancing, sing your heart out out of you know no matter how silly it sounds, um, and what that does it'll snap you out of your ego. Because you can't, you possibly cannot see, speak or think negative thoughts if you're singing um, Pharrell Williams happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're singing, a, you know, a song and jumping up joy with that song. Um, there is no space in your three-dimensional body to hold for negative thoughts at the same time. Or if you're sweating... Um, your weight on, on the floor with, you know, 20 or 30 push-ups. I think your mind will be locked down on, on the power of your biceps and, and you know, power of your body. You, you can't really hold negative thoughts while you're trying to achieve 30 push-ups. Yeah. Um, and the breath will carry you, whatever, you know, sloppy breath or natural breath, it'll carry you through it. Um, gratitude, really, I think one of the biggest elements is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, me. Thank you, you. Thank you, anybody. Yeah. You know, just think. think. How, how can we have gratitude when our ego believes that nothing's going our way? If we're in moments where we feel like, and I've been there, where I feel like, you know, I like manifesting, right? I'll, I'll speak. I have big aspirations. I'll speak them out. And I believe I see them there. I have this ability where I can kind of see my future. 
I'll see it. But then now it's not happening. I'm like, where is it? I've been waiting all these, you know, this month or year. It's still not here. Right. And then my ego, my, my, you know, my little boy just gets frustrated and I can't feel grateful. How do you, what do you do in those moments where like maybe things aren't going your way in this moment? How can you develop, the question I want to ask is, how can you develop gratitude when you have a hard time accepting when what the is? anger is taking over? Yeah, when like you just can't, you're just not happy with what's happening in your Let life. Let the anger out. Okay. Do not block it. Uh, you know, like literally, you know, simple way is like you can go out for a run, you can go out into the forest, you can jump in a cold stream, jump in a cold swimming pool, let the anger out. And you can deal with the anger by, by expressing your through your body. Uh, punch a pillow, uh, you know, whatever it is, but don't hurt yourself, don't hurt others. But uh, deal and acknowledge it, you know, it's, it's the anger is there, it's your feeling. But then after a while, acknowledge that, um, okay, you know, this is circumscribed, you know, then you lock it in time. <laughs> you sit down and say, you know, thank you. Acknowledge that there is, there is higher beings or higher power than just you, you know, um, higher consciousness, higher something bigger, mm -hmm. which will bring you to humility. So being, staying then after that exhaustion of, of uh, letting the anger out or letting this negative, you know, something will come in and say, hey, enough, uh, maybe there is something else as well. And, and, and acknowledge that and engage in that. And again, I come back to discipline. I think, you know, monks have discipline. Anybody who is kind of, even angels, I mean, they, they, they're disciplined. When they come, they come when they're beckoned. Yeah. So also just remind yourself that you can actually speak to, to higher consciousness. You can speak to your higher self. You can speak to angels. You can speak without sounding crazy, without sounding presumptuous. Just speak, speak to the universe, speak. Have a conversation with yourself. Have a conversation with God. Have a conversation with, with um, angels, with with whoever you want to have nature, <clears throat> and just you know, in gratitude, you can say, "Lead me," and then sit still if you can, or go for a walk and just observe everything around you and um, uh, divert the focus from yourself to the others. One of the quickest ways of getting out of your ego is to be of service to others. Mm -hmm. Just help somebody. Yeah. You know, like even if it's a silly thing as you see somebody on the street that needs to cross the road or a driver that is like, you know, lost for a moment, wants to surpass you, help them by pulling back, slam on the brake and go give them precedence. You know, um, give give um, a hand to somebody who is crossing the street. Um, if a dog is, you know, having an issue, help the dog. Just some sort of a small action of, of kindness and attentiveness to others that snaps you out of your ego, snaps you, brings you, in, instead of in service of self, it brings yeah. you into service of others, yeah. humbly. I wanted to bring in, even though I agree with what you're saying, I wanted to bring in, you know, a, a counter-argument in a way just to test this, this theory is that um, what about trauma, right? Like when... It's easy for me to do that when, you know, I'm not, get, I didn't get my right order at the restaurant, right? I can mm -hmm. do that thing. Mm -hmm. Or if someone didn't text mm -hmm. you back, I can do that. But what happens with trauma, like deep seated pain from either war or childhood stuff? Like, how would you recommend going through that? How can we lose that charge? How can we raise our, how can we let go of that 
part of our history to raise our frequency. How, how does trauma work in your eyes? I deal with a lot of trauma. I, I see a lot of patients and clients who, um, these, especially these last three years, have dealt with huge amount of traumatized people. More than 1,000 in the last two years. Um, one way that I do it, I, I sit them in front of THINK, you know, my system. Yeah. And they it stimulates their retina and it literally gets them to snap out of... Um, it's very almost mechanical, but it's also ethereal. Um, it gets you, by stimulating your retina and phobia, it stimulates your dopaminergic receptors, so it creates a bath of dopamine, which then creates a bath of BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, and it creates new synaptic connections. So the old synaptic connections, the trauma-derived ones, the ones that are in hyperdrive through amygdaloid response, they close down. And what happens, it's almost like a moat around the castle. When you have a, you know water around the castle, you, you stop that pathway and you create a new one. And this new pathway is neuroplasticity happens in the brain almost instantaneously. And so people feel better. So that's a quick bypass very quickly. Uh, if I don't have a tool like my think uh, with me, um, I invite people to take a few deep breaths and pull back and just exercise their own power, shift into their own power instead of in their weakness. Um, and I explain that to them through logic. Uh, and you often use a Star Wars analogy of Jedi, you know, um, Luke Skywalker. Um, if you are giving your power away, you can give it away to these old habits like triggers. Triggers are overrated, overrated in my, in my book. Um, I think that, you know, if you give the power to the trigger, you're again not taking your own power back. So... I invite people to become the Jedi and take the power in their hand and be the <clears throat> Tai Chi teacher of their own energy. Um, you end up um, not allowing the trigger, not gratuitously giving the trigger the power. How can you do that? How can you do that though? How can you train you yourself? You stop yourself mode? from letting the trigger, you recognize the trigger, you recognize that you're in the loop of, of flipping out, and you can take a breath, you can again do, you know, consciously perform maybe 20 jumping jacks or um, invite your, your nervous vagus to take over activation rather than letting amygdala override you. Yeah. So that's a purely neurotechnological, neurotech, neurological talk. But in spiritual talk, you invite your, your ego to step aside for the moment and you invite yourself to be in charge. So I think people respond, in my experience, especially teenagers that I work with or, or a lot of men who will step into anger. Females will step into what I call polite anger, into self-depreciation and, and sadness. Um, I think it's two coins of this, two sides of the same coin, of the same um, part, which is um, something deep was taken away from us or we feel it was taken away from us and we're at the level of despair where the only way out is to be angry, to be rageful, to be resentful. And so, but even in that darkness, there is always a possibility of lighting up a little spark. Mm -hmm. And that little spark is something that is connected to God in the center of our heart, in the center of our being. And it's not even in our heart, it's in our toroidal 
field where the center of the you know the zero point of the toroidal field that is always connected to the higher higher multitude of this consciousness or, or God God particles and that DMT God particles is always within us so we have natural secretion of DMT in our body our photovoltaic energy which I don't think is even you know right now people are linking to 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 chemicals to to plants and to other things I think all of this will be soon bypassed by crystalline powers which is basically vibrational field and once we jump into the vibrational field we will not need to use anything we'll just be living in the vibrational field and acknowledging that we can actually make this ethereal jump in the vibrational field and that is where power truly in the union of, of union with God, union with God particle within us. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Jedi work starts. Yeah. So I'm curious about your story. Were you always tapped into something beyond you from a young age or how did that work out for you? When did you start realizing you My had all My veil never fell down. It was always when you were born. Always was... been. So I have very unusual history, but I don't even like to repeat history because when we create our narratives and we walk ourselves through these repetition of narratives yeah it's like almost re-establishing those routes the point yeah but um i was born and placed in in um in in um an incubator and um my mother was really not really very present mm -hmm. did not have the capacity for empathy yeah and really was not wanting um my father did and he came from Japan. He flew in and he wanted to. And I don't remember when I remember the first memories of the Sparks, but my father came in and he was like 39 or so in the peak of his career and um, wanted to see me. And I was in this glass incubator, uh, intubated. And I don't think that my, my, that was a little body, you know, that was like under, in totally intubated and, and, not even six pounds. Um, and my mother and my father were told that I was going to be, no, passed away very quickly, that there is no chance under the stars that I would actually live. And, um, but I, my, my consciousness, my being was around and I was floating with these sparks and it was all this photovoltaic energy. And I remember that distinctly. Um, and then my father wanted to see me. Um, he came in, and I think we had a soul agreement at some level there because he was given a penicillin shot to not to give me strep throat with this 3D reality. He dropped that on the spot mm. from anaphylactic shock. And um, I remember this transfer of energy. It's like gold sparkles, silver sparkles. There's explosions of silver sparkles. And um, it's not delineated. It's not anything that I could and I, I this crystallized memory uh, came in much later uh, but as a child I was just always kind of happy and no matter how abused I was heavily abused okay. <laughs> no matter how abused I was I was just always happy and I think maybe because these angels this crystalline energy was always around mm. and I know what it means to be abused I know what it means to be hit to blood I know what it means to be but you you bypass so somebody my teacher Peter Evans one of, was one of my my wonderful friends and teachers um, I was going through some really difficult times um, maybe two three years ago two years ago and he said well you know the the level of pain is very is just right there with extreme pleasure 
and you know, it's like orgasmic levels or tantric levels, you know that pain pleasure is like right there. And um, so I think that, that in my case personally, I just never really experienced um, not having this awareness. And it transmuted, of course, over time. Um, I think it, it, it resonates with a lot of people like us that, um, you know, you always feel like a, like a stranger. You always feel like a, you're not fitting. And so my phrase, my go-to phrase was always, oh, it's so dense here. <laughs> it's easier to float with angels than be right here in this density. I'm going to give you a break to digest all this amazing information. And in this break, please like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you. I hear you. It's just, it's rare for me to, because I've interviewed a good amount of people now and my own story, and it's almost, I think it's the first person I've met where it just was always the case. Because most people, it's like a, a moment. For me, it was like one day where it just was like, I just realized all this crazy stuff at like 21. Um, so it's, it's, it's unique and amazing to hear that you've had that for so long because that means, it probably explains why, you know, you're, you're so powerful. But a lot of people, I think there are a lot of people who have had that. Yeah. It's just, it's a question of awareness. Yeah. You know, I respectfully think that, that, that many people have had that. It's just that, um, as the veil comes up, we'll all remember to remember. Yeah. And I was just in Egypt and um, I was on Elephantine Island. I was leading an expedition, hermetic expedition of hermetic knowledge, which I lead. Our next time is in June now. I hope you can come. <laughs> um, it's magic. It's like beyond incredible. So I, I stepped foot on this Elephantine Island, which is, it has the Isis Temple and it's gorgeous and the beautiful day we were walking around and I just could not stop crying. I was in this beautiful environment. I usually am not a person who cries. Just the tears were just so, just walking around and tears were floating and uh, the memory, you know, activation of the memories. And um, and I remember distinctly my two lives in, in Atlantis. And it's just all these timelines overlap and then you realize there are no timelines. It's just all at the same time is happening. So I want to unpack that because I, I can understand it intuitively, but it's hard to logically grasp it. What do you really mean when there's no timeline? By what? What do you really mean when you, when you say there's no timeline? Like, let's unpack this that. It's awareness okay. of, of um, being here now. Okay. And so if you're, be if you're being, you're not doing. Yeah. You're not elevating yourself in trajectory of time. And then you realize that that everything you're doing, everything you're actually being here with everything you are being in your heart right now, in this consciousness, in this one now moment, um, the infinite possibilities of everything are right now. So the consciousness will lead you to one level or another. And just the awareness of the fact that, that there are infinite possibilities of infinite realities. So... Um, you know, when you have an idea, mm. um, will you tell me, how do you have an idea? How do you have the awareness of an idea? idea? It just pops up. Like, I got to a point where I recognize it's not me. That's it's like it. some communication. but It just pops up. Yeah. And so, 
infinite possibilities can pop up or do pop up all the time. And so just like one does, billions, trillions, quadrillions, infinite pop up all the time. Mm. And whether we like it or not, we're just here. But we can allow it by just, again, being, not doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna use your knowledge as an excuse to ask about the various questions of the universe that I want answered. Do you do you believe in destiny in predetermined timelines? Like, do you believe that everything kind of has happened to some degree that that you're that you can see your future and it's already happened in some way? You you. So I think um, this phenomenon of déjà vu, for example. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I think it's this phenomenon of, of overlapping of in one moment these infinite possibilities. I get it like every day. Yeah. And it's because you're opening to these infinite possibilities of everything and you're aware. Um, we are we're here to experience that and um, being, being constantly able to... So I think we, we are in one level of reality or one level of multiple realities, we do have an agreement, uh, you know, so that's why when people go, let's attention to the Akashic Records and um, this capacity to go into the Akashic Records or this infinite field of, of storage of knowledge, which is basically a human cloud, H cloud. You know, I create devices that are organic intelligence, not artificial intelligence. So I, I celebrate the God in us, I celebrate us as mm -hmm. human. Um, so when you have this capacity to go into attinging to the, what we call the Akasha, that's also a concept. It's a pre preconceived concept of something. And uh, But you do have a possibility of going there and you're giving, given certain knowledge. And you attinge to that, you, you take knowledge from it or it's given to you as long as your heart is open. Um, or your field is open, or whatever you call it, this being is open, um, that can overlap in a fold in time or or not. And you can, on one level, you can actually say, yes, certain things are predisposed because your consciousness accepts it. But on some other level, it can also be that your free will overlaps it. So no matter what, you're a sovereign being, you can override it. So you can be your own Jedi. You can, you know, Luke Skywalker can, you know, consults with Obi-Wan Kenobi and just that goes into accepting or not accepting certain realities. So certain things, even if you have a contract or you can, you can agree to that or you have the power of bypassing it and just going into free will and overriding it. So at the same time, it's a yes and a no. I, I agree. I've... I've... I'm intuitive in some ways, and in my life, I've been in moments where when I've had to make a tough decision, it wasn't just a decision. For me, it was like a timeline thing. For me, it was that if I make this decision, something in me knew that all these different timelines would open up or different yeah. possibilities would open up. And if I said, let me say it this way. If I said yes to the thing, it would mean a lot of things getting blocked off. If I said no and, and opened myself up to more freedom... I could see all these different things opening mm. up. And that's a, you know, it was a big, big moment for me, but I think it even comes down to small things, like just even very small decisions we make open up so many different possibilities for a new reality. Yeah. Your reality is created by you in every moment of single decision you make. 
to the minute, like yeah. even like choosing a thought yeah. to focus on. And it's in no time, no space. Yeah. Again, <laughs> it's how, beautiful. <laughs> how, how can you make that beautiful, right? Because a lot of people, it's scary. It's like, whoa, one thought I choose to believe or one, you know, check my phone at this time or doing these small things can create a massive ripple effect for all of reality. How can you make that beautiful? Because to me, it's kind of like, oh, shit. For you, it's very much like, ah, like it's beautiful. Yeah. How can, how, why is it beautiful? You trust for the you? mind. You trust the higher spheres. You let go. You trust that the universe has your back, that God has your back, or whatever you want to call it. Your, your consciousness has your back. Trust that something bigger than you is guiding you. Is is has your back, loves you, wants what's the best for you. Yeah. You know, and so you'll always fall into the sea of beauty. Yeah. You know, you'll always be a fish who is going to swim into this. There will always be air. There will always be wet water for you. There will always be, you know, we're simple beings on so many levels. Yeah, we make it so complicated. You know, we make it too complicated, and you know, I often talk about. Cause like you, I, I try and stay in a, in a space of gratitude whenever I can, even when my brain is, is telling me to do otherwise. However, what I do remember in those moments where I can't accept what is, I look back at everything that got me here. All this shit I went through as a kid, all this stuff, I realized it all had to happen. Yeah. Like if all that shit didn't happen, I couldn't, I really couldn't yeah. hold space where I can hold now. Because yeah. we chose this reality. Yeah, even when I, even when in the moments when I didn't want things to occur and they did, they had to occur. But it's still hard for me to remember that in moments where I'm feeling frustrated. <laughs> it's part of being human, isn't yeah. it? I mean, we're all the same. We all yeah. have hard times. And then, I mean, it's not that I'm different. It's like, yeah, yeah humans, we suffer. Yeah. And then we don't. Yeah. You know, so this is all about transcending the suffering. My, one of my teachers, Tom Knowles, um, talks about addiction to suffering. Yeah. You know, because it's <clears throat> on a three-dimensional level, it can be or in our habituation. It can be part of what the loops we create. And we're used to, you know, worrying, oh, my God, where is the other shoe going to drop? Like, what have I done to deserve to be in this bliss for so long? And mm. maybe releasing the fear, mm. the answer is in releasing the fear and living in the bliss, yeah. you know? A mentor of and mine always told like, me. Try, you know, I think that the more you practice it, the more it becomes on you decide that you'll have a new habit of releasing the fear. And then yeah. you'll decide that you'll be the Jedi who is living in a bliss rather than in fear. Yeah. It's equal type of energy. Mm -hmm. So if you decide to spend your energy in uh, dedicating in gratitude to to divine, to 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 sun, to nature, to whatever you decide to, to yourself, um, that is then a plus. Yeah, a mentor of mine when I was young would tell me. You know, it's harder to tolerate peace nowadays and anxiety and fear because we're so conditioned to be in a state of fear. And I always thought, this guy's crazy. What are you talking about? But then I'm at a space now where I'm really practicing that, where I'm yeah. in a space where I'm, I'm finally experiencing abundance in many ways. I'm getting the things that I've asked for from a young age. But my brain, even though I have what I want and I can have peace, my brain is just going back to like trying to bring, bring me back to the space of fear. And in my experience now, it's actually harder to create this new path of peace yeah. in this moment than to... You know, be anxious or scared. Yeah. It's weird. So think of it as as um as a jungle. You you decide not to want to go that pathway. So you you just don't use that path through the jungle. Just use through the path you go through the path where you know that there are no big snakes and they're just flowers and beautiful birds. You you choose to go through Hawaii rather than through Amazonian forest. 
or you choose to take this path. And then you, you don't tread on those old pathways anymore. So it becomes nicer and easier to tread through pathways that you know there are no threats. Mm. You know that there is only bliss. And then you, you gain consciousness of the fact that you co-create that reality so you finally realize, I created that path. Yeah. So take me through some of your work now. What are you focusing on right now in your area of focus or expertise? What are you helping people with right now? Like, What are you focusing on right now in your As work? work? Yeah. I have a mission. What's the now, mission? I think it's very beautiful when you discover that we all came here on a mission. So then mm -hmm. you automatically think of yourself as a Jedi. You know? So my mission is to elevate humanity. Mm -hmm. And I take it extremely responsibly, extremely seriously. Yeah. Um, so I'm building these devices that are electric, basically on photovoltaic energy. Um, my company is called Think, and I have another company called Centered. Um, and with Centered, we're creating domes where we'll be using plasma and, and ethereal um, capacitors to pay people to, in crypto and, um, or hopefully, I don't know how yet, but we're designing this to turn the medicine upside down in the world so we're actually creating a pleasant experience of healing where we collaborate with with high level rock stars and artists and um we or or um you know DJs and we create uh, frequencies of music and sound in analog terms and um we create these domes where we amplify them with crystalline powers and we experience the healing through pleasant experiences of sound and beauty and art. And uh, we pay people to participate in that by um, acknowledging that our companies are sovereign and their data is sovereign. So they get prepaid for releasing certain data of their choice. And then we distribute that through the companies that are sovereign as well. So that's one project through Centered and all about frequencies and apps and creating the contrasting with these nefarious frequencies in the world. Uh, the other thing is with my company Think, I'm scaling it now. I self-finance a lot of things and uh, most most of my stuff. And um, we're creating now next generation Think. We're seeing people still and focusing on um, selling the license to either a team or somebody because we found ways of um, healing concussion in one day. So uh, that's really great. We heal ADHD, PTSD, like really in short amount of time, um, literally five hours, five sessions, Jesus. 30 minutes. And um, that's why I'm thinking, I don't think it's even in quantum. I think it's really in tether. Um, and it's crystalline. It's all crystalline based. So I just published in Nature. Um, we are writing, right? I set up new studies, I'm writing three books right now. And it's called Dopa Hacks, Hacking Your Dopamine in Under Two Minutes. Um, one is the longevity interest of mine is younging, created the term younging, <laughs> reversing the aging. Mm -hmm. So we can all um, like manipulate the time. So I'm interested in expanding time, shrinking time, telekinesis, assisted and non-assisted and Jedi mind basically. And I, I do that very tactically, very, I train people for that. Um, I train, you know, a lot of like rock stars or, or CEOs of very large companies. Um, I also lead these hermetic voyages to Egypt where we gain knowledge and we expand and amplify the Gaia's grid. So that's basically a few things that I'm doing. That's some of the craziest, the craziest mission I've ever heard. So 
congratulations for you for thank you congratulations to you on, on all this beauty that you're bringing to the world thank you I, I don't know what exactly my mission is yet still trying to oh, you probably do yeah do you feel do you think you know what it is do you feel it i probably i feel that you know you're, you're a subconscious or maybe you can bring it to the do you want to try <laughs> sure yeah guess so first thing that comes to mind first color that comes to mind me yeah what right do you now? mean? Like, what are you asking? Me? What is the first color that comes to mind? Color. Color. Blue. So, um, the Krishna blue. Krishna blue is the blue of wisdom and and co-creation with divinity, consciousness, ancient Vedic knowledge. It's a very powerful frequency. Um, it's also blue of remembering. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when you had that step into your um, decision that you'll use your time creatively and more productively rather than not productively within anger. Um, why are you bringing all these beautiful people to your to your domain here with, you know, consciousness, presence, gratitude, spirituality? Well, the, there's two sides to the... There's a part of me that just, for some reason obsessed with all this like I just really am fascinated and want to you know heal myself and, and, and cure myself and, and learn about all these things and then there's a higher thing of you know if I, if I can give people yeah an abundance of resources to heal themselves or to create new room for different mindsets so in every waking moment you're thinking about that you're yeah. obsessed about it yeah so that's your purpose to bring your love and your your knowledge because you have human a huge amount of knowledge now and so acknowledge that and you're you that's your purpose you you have you know your purpose you're you're living it daily now very productively Great. you're dedicating a lot of time a lot of your money a lot of your effort your soul yeah. your soul is in it yeah it, one can feel it yeah that's why you're getting such great results oh thank you very much yeah you're... so see it's not that easy it's not that difficult yeah <laughs> to... for, for those at home who may be confused as to what they should do is this a process you rec what's the like a detailed process you'd recommend for people to find that calling that they can I, I agree right I, I think that we all came here for a specific mission and you know unfortunately we live in a culture where it's poisoning that that potential which is heartbreaking in many ways what would you tell people to find that thing is it, is it just as simple as taking time to create space and being with yourself and listening to the whispers. And if you can't, go out and take a run. Yeah. Uh, go out and jump in a stream, jump in a sea, jump in a river, jump in a lake. Connect with water. Water is a very powerful element. Water, uh, following the water. Water, uh, water is 97% of us, you know. In mitochondria, there is a fourth stage of water. It's crystallized. It's crystalline water in the inner wall of mitochondria, which keeps the mitochondrial wall erect. And uh, it's this crystalline element that that charges, that gives us our, this, this incredible charge. And it is that charge that is actually responsive to these floral, solar flares, you know, mm -hmm. where we are corresponding to these frequencies of the universe. So I think it's it's not simple because, of course, our brain cannot even conceive that yet but the yeah. moment you let go and consciousness of divine consciousness actually ushers you into those elements mm. then it's it becomes easier yeah for sure i want to go back to one thing you said about the first part of your mission which is to create these pockets or these massive either stadiums or, or, or big spaces with healing frequencies 
what does that how do you envision that looking like in the future what can you see like what it's is a, that it's a hexagonal uh, it's basically a budipura shakyati it's a, it's a um it's a dome that is um, why, why is the geometry important sorry why is the geom- the geometry of it important it's it's a sacred geometry okay. of our being and um it's something i've been always interested in yeah. um you know the the sacred geometry our grid is plotted against the grid of consciousness of the planets and of the cosmic beings of the interplanetary beings and, and beyond the cosmos multiverse and so once you align all of that that's basically alignment of frequencies but alignment of frequencies is really like when you see the dodecahedron that is perfectly aligned that is powerful that is you know merkaba in motion and we are all merkabas in motion you know literally when we represent merkaba now in in those you know kind of angular to angled uh, triangles overlapping and all of that but once you put them in motion they're actually spheres they're spheres of vibration they're spheres of frequencies so everything is kind of round it's the sphere is the perfect shape mm-hmm. and we are spheres we're, we're geometry in motion so um i think that's very uh, intuitively i know that that's very the resonance of, of the truth of the essence of the universe is in the spherical motion of the symphony of the spheres. Can I explain it? I don't think so. I think, um, you know, just you, you bait into that, whatever it is, that from Asi, you are it. You, yeah. are, you just bait into it. Yeah. The thing is you're fighting, la- language is kind of spell, so I want to be careful here. You're fighting I don't know, challenging, but a difficult war in a way. Like you are, you represent the, the, the light, you know, the, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's Star Wars. What is it? Is it, what's the, the team called? Is it the Jedi's, right? Um, the light. But we're in a space right now where people are so interested in keeping people sick, keeping people afraid for money, for gain. How are you going about fighting that war? Is it just energy? Is it just through protecting your light? How are you actually trying to, overcome the resistance the dark the dark force mm-hmm. the Darth Vader's of the world the pharma companies how are you actually using your power to overcome that because that th- that resistance is what's stopping us yeah. humanity you know um, very important question um, so I think that it's in my modest opinion I think it's really um, crucial to refer to all is one mm-hmm the law of one or all is one. So even those really negative enemies or in personal experiences, those who hurt us the most, we still have the capacity to go beyond that and just say thank you for teaching me the lesson or thank you for whatever it is. I forgive you. I love you. And um, and and going into that state of understanding that even the most negative sides are also positive, that everything is one, and going beyond that. So I guess one word answer would be unity. Unity and love. And uh, without sounding really too new agey or shishi or, um, you know, if somebody is really, really hurt, they will slam you or they will be negative. So understanding that that's not you, that's them. And just, you know, bless and retreat and go about your day the way that you would go anyway and um, understand that we're all one and, you know, 
when I was a kid, there was there was anger, there was resentment, there was, and then circumstances happened, and maybe we hit the rock bottom, and we hit the pain, and we hit the pleasure at the same time, and we hit the futility of it all, and then we understand that, hey, it's just we're, we're waves, and we're drops, droplets in the ocean, as Rumi said. Yeah, what you're saying is that you can't create an enemy if you don't label it as such. You can only create an enemy in your mind, right? Yeah. If you label them as an enemy, put that vibration on them, and they become the enemy. What you're saying is, if you just create the vibration of thank you and love, there is no enemy. There is a very interesting exercise in Vedic world. Um, we all have like people we like less, we like more. You know, you go into the business meeting and then there is this man who is judging you and, you know, maybe you're wearing a red lipstick and being very feminine and there is this guy going, you know, what kind of neuroscientist is she, you know? Yeah. High heels and red lipstick doesn't resonate as a geek. Um, you find one point in their being, be their blue eye or being a speck on the tie that he's wearing or a thread on his jacket or and this is just an example on anybody and you just focus on that and you focus on the beauty of that element no matter how vibrationally different they are but you identify one element in them and just focus on that element and appreciate it from the center of your heart how beautiful it is and maybe you have another meeting and another meeting. In about a week, that person will become your friend. Hmm. Just of what? Just of an energetic? Energetic thing. Well, I got to try that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it nice? That, that's kind of cute. <laughs> that's real love. It's, yeah. It's a tough thing to do for most of us, right? Because our brain just want to judge. It's and, all good. And project all our shit onto you, but it's powerful. Because yeah, I'm assuming you must, because what you're saying... I went to, you know, a good school where I took certain neuroscience classes and all those people were just, again, I'm trying to speak from love. They were very much like super like boxed in on one conception of what the brain is, what reality is. If I mentioned anything to do with the universe or God or 5D, they'd be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And that's like a top of the tier education. So I'm assuming you've met, you've come across a lot of judgment, a lot of resistance from powerful people. Right. And now you've kind of become, you've become immune to it through that process you look yeah. at them and you just find love yeah that's difficult i um i created bcis it's not easy to create a portable bci brain computer interface and i only wanted to create one out of necessity because when i was a kid i was already doing brain mapping um and evoked potentials and it was very difficult to use that existing electrodes which are by the way still used in hospitals and i swore to god that one day i would invent a better electrode and I did. And um, it took us a while. It took us a bunch of money, really a lot of money and a lot of millions and a lot of people. And I'm usually the dumbest one in the group. Um, I hire or I work, collaborate with people who are much smarter than me. And um, it's really beautiful to see that we can just lean back and let those negative people speak what they want to speak. That's their truth. That's not mine. I magnetized a lot of people who would want to help. And it's interesting in neuroscience that, you know, we were engaging in, um, a lot of my colleagues are really astrophysicists, mathematic mathematicians, quantum mathematicians. <laughs> um, very few are really neuroscientists because you, you think out of a box, mm -hmm. think out of, and, and it, it works. 
Yeah. And then um and then those who want to understand it, they understand, and those who don't, they don't. And you know, it's it's different being a pioneer. Yeah. That's the definition of a pioneer, you know, you go into unknown territories and and you just know that you're you're backed by by the universe, you're backed by the divinity yeah. consciousness. You're speaking so easily about something that's so hard for people to do, which is to not take things personally. Mm. To not take someone not liking you as a reflection of you. Yeah. Uh, I, I struggle with that a lot. Oh, me too. I, 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 mean, I still, my brain will look at, you know, someone yeah, we're all rejects me. My brain is like, oh, I did something wrong. I'm, I'm incorrect. I'm not lovable. All this stuff. Guilty so. as charged. But, you know, we all can also have the power of going, okay. The Jedi, the Jedi training enough. comes in there. Enough. You know, yeah. that's enough. It's okay. I'll give it three seconds. I'll give it 10 minutes. I'll put myself on a stopwatch. And then after that, I'm going to do, you know, five moments of salutation of the sun. <laughs> you know, three deep breaths. For, oh, go yeah. to the gym and go into a cold plunge. You know, something. Yeah. So I wanted I'll to... put my favorite song in. <laughs> I wanted to ask this, this last question before we wrap up. What's the one thing you see people doing right now that you wish they weren't doing for their own evolution? What's like the common thread right now? People's behavior or habits. Like what's one thing the human population is doing at this point in time that's really affecting our ability to vibrate higher, to enter a higher space of consciousness. Not to be ostriches, not to close their eyes in spite of everything they're seeing. Because people tend to, humans tend to, all of us tend to succumb to cognitive dissonance. And um, the first reaction is usually to go back onto our own predestined, predestined or pre-established of our own consciousness uh, trajectory, and we we literally decide to close our eyes and not to see. And so to open your heart, open your eyes, and it is my wish for all the humanity to everybody, open their heart and open their eyes to see, you know, what is happening really now, because now is the time, and it's serious times. It's times that we're transitioning into the bliss but it's time also for the humanity to wake up, not to just be woke, but to be awakened to the point that we're all embracing our true humanity, true love. So not to judge, not to just to engage in, in breathing and loving no matter what. And um, so in the times of Hitler, you know, people were choosing not to not to identify those negative things in Dachau and Auschwitz as negative. And they were just choosing to close their eyes and and participate by not being participatory. You know, they're they're observing, but they were not closing they were closing their eyes, mm -hmm. closing their hearts. And the fellow humans were, were were murdered, were literally and now we're seeing millions of people being murdered by design. We need to open our eyes and we need to be humane. We need to decide that this is the time to actually stand up in a very beautiful, loving way. Forgive everybody, but open our eyes and elevate to the next level and open our eyes and hearts. And higher vibration will usher us all to the critical mass so that we can actually go to the next level of humanity. Beautiful message. That could, that could save humanity right there, that one little sound bite but what's so profound there and I, I notice is that 
people don't want to feel that disillusionment. They don't want to feel that pain, right? Because I realized, you know, what, what sparked mine was realizing and educating myself with all the bullshit in the world. Politically, you know, COVID opened my eyes a lot to like, this is all a bunch of crap. And that, like, disillusionment, be, being able to see that what I once thought was reality, what I once believed in is not real. Yeah. That, was, that was painful, right? And then that allowed me to then go into myself and see, what do I believe in myself that's not true? What illusions am I creating in my life that aren't real? But I had to be able to be comfortable with facing that heartbreak, that disillusionment. And the more we, resi we resist that as humanity, the more we resist not feeling disenchanted, not feeling heartbreak, the more we're going to land ourselves in this bullshit, yeah. right? Because those people in, in Germany just didn't want to feel that feeling. They don't want to feel that they, were, that they were complicit, that they were doing wrong. They want to just be avoided. So to get there, to get what you're saying, which is to help humanity and open our hearts, we have to face that discomfort. We have to say, this is not right. We're complicit in this. We have to be able to face that pain and not resist it, which is uncomfortable, but it leads to so much beauty. That one week or one month of feeling like, whoa, this is, this is not real, this sucks, will lead to the healing of humanity. Yeah. So please, please all be open to it. Yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. and Thank you for even being your, like your, you are. Your wisdom. Thank you for being on a mission and oh, you too. knowing your purpose. Now I do. Thank you for that. Now I do. <laughs> you, so you knew it before. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> thank you. But thank you so much. And where can people find you if they want to learn more? Um, thinkinterfaces.com. Okay. That's think like thinking, inter like in between, and faces like plural faces, yeah. thinkinterfaces.com. Or on Instagram um, at Dr. Lana Morrow, like M-O-R-R-O-W, L-A-N-A-M-O-R-R-O-W. Um, and yeah, on Instagram, there are plenty of videos and there are plenty of ways of reaching us. Um, at Dr. Morrow team at thinkinterfaces.com and I'm honored to help people I'm honored to there's a lot of resources that I give you know for free and talk about tools and ways of regulating our own nervous vagus and or our own photovoltaic energy I feel that in you I feel that you have a lot of that power so please go go find her stuff get some help from her you could really benefit from it and thank you again Thank you. Of course.